Hello and welcome back. Today we are talking about exercise and hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's. I guarantee you are doing things wrong. I promise you in our talk today, you are going to have a light come on and a new revelation of why you may be stuck not gaining muscle, not losing fat, not changing your body like it should be. This is going to be eye-opening for you, I promise. So let's get into what exercise you should do with hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's and or Hashimoto's and how it's going to affect your body and how you might actually be doing things to really mess it up. So diving in, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Amy Horneman. I'm a functional medicine practitioner and I specialize in treating thyroid conditions. So all that fun stuff that goes along with it, like weight gain and the inability to lose weight and low energy and your hair falling out. So let me start off by saying cookie cutter, hypothyroidism exercise protocols piss me off. This is just another way for people to make money. Like I always said, I tell my students, I told my students when I taught at Gannon University, I said, go write a book and just rename it. Take two books and put it together and slap your name on it and slap a different fancy name on it. And there you go. You're going to make money. Are you finally at your wits end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. So come work with myself and my team. We prescribe to all 50 states and parts of Canada. I have you covered. I've been building this team for years so that I could help you no matter where you are. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, book a free application call. We're going to go over your current health situation, what worked, what hasn't worked, all the things. And then we will pair you up with the right program for you where we will do it all. You will come out the other side of the program, totally optimized, getting your life back. You're going to recognize the person you see in the mirror again. Doesn't that sound absolutely amazing? Well, it might sound... Like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. Everybody has a protocol or a program and do it this way and do it that way. I'm over it. It all has to be customized. It has to be customized to you. However, today we are going to be talking about some tried and true biological, physiological processes when it comes to exercise and you having hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's, and how it is going to tie into your exercise protocol and how it's going to affect you. So first of all, what most hypothyroidism patients do? Let's start at the beginning. Remember back in the day, even if you are optimized right now, think back to when you first were trying to get diagnosed or you were first diagnosed, but being given all kinds of wrong information. And your one of your main frustrations, I guarantee in most of us, one of our main frustrations was weight or is weight if you're still in the process, if you're still dealing with this. So weight gain coming on. You're trying, trying, trying everything you can to lose and nothing is working and you're frustrated and you're pissed off. You're like, what in the world is happening? So what do you do? 
you do more cardio. I would bet money right now that most of you did more cardio. So maybe you went to the gym twice a day. Maybe you went for a longer run. You took more classes. You're doing spinning. You're going to the gym. You're doing Zumba. Maybe you were doing step classes back in the day. And you just cardio, cardio, cardio. You get on the elliptical. You're going at it. You're like, I need to get my 45 minutes in this elliptical. I'm going to run on the treadmill. I'm going to run for an hour. Nothing is happening. Cardio, cardio, more cardio. And that's what we all started to do. Listen, I fell into this too. Uh, You are not alone in this. Because back in my day, when I was being misdiagnosed, I was getting ready for a competition and I had to do two cardios a day. So you go in the morning, I would get in my 45 minutes on whatever machine I could drag my body onto at the time. Then we throw in some weights afterwards, go to work, come back at night for another half hour, 45 minutes on whatever machine I could put my body on that day. And I thought it was, I thought it was doing my body good by going on the elliptical in the morning and then the step mill in the afternoon because I was changing it up. Well, little did I know that I was just basically crushing my metabolism and causing a cascade in my body that only made the situation worse. So what do we absolutely know? In science, what do we know about hypothyroidism patients? We know that if you have hypothyroidism, it tends to lead to low muscle mass. So you're going to lose muscle. And that just is the body's mechanism. We know this. It's in science. It's documented. Hypothyroid patients, low thyroid. So just having a low thyroid, low thyroid function. Maybe you're not medicated properly. You're not on the right dose yet. You're optimized. Low thyroid leads to low muscle mass. We know that. And we also know that cardio is kicking up catecholamines and adrenaline. And when we do that, it taps into our glycogen stores instead of fat. So maybe in the past, you've heard me talk about the big vats of glycogen. So in your muscles, I want you to think of you having these big, massive tanks, these big vats of glycogen that is energy storage. And we get glycogen stores from eating carbohydrates, some of it from eating protein, some protein will turn into glycogen, and they will fill up these muscle stores. And that's what our body will pull from to use to get give us energy for our workouts, whatever your workout is, whether it's cardio weights, anything Zumba spin, whatever. So cardio is actually kicking up the catecholamines and adrenaline that causes our bodies to go right to those glycogen stores instead of to our fat stores for fuel, which is ultimately where we want our bodies to tap into because we're trying to lose fat, right? We're in this situation where we're struggling. We've done everything. We're trying everything and you're not losing And you might even be gaining like I was. I was gaining weight. I was going to the gym twice a day and I was gaining weight. Five pounds, 10 pounds, 20 pounds. I stopped weighing after that. Didn't even want to know. So here we are doing cardio. And then what happens is you get this long cortisol effect as well as decreased growth hormone and testosterone. So you're on that machine. You got your timer set. You're going for your 45-minute goal 
on your cardio machine, you're getting that increase in catecholamines, increase in adrenaline, you're tapping into the glycogen stores in your muscle. Your fat stores are perfectly fine. They're just sitting there, by the way. Your fat stores are safe. And then you have this long extended cortisol effect. So we know that whenever we, we train, whether you do cardio, weight training, high intensity interval training, we get a cortisol release. Our cortisol levels go up because exercise is seen as a stress on the body. That's just the natural, that's just, that's just what happens. There's nothing to panic about. The panic comes in is when your cortisol remains high for too long. So we get a cortisol release because if you test your blood sugar, Cortisol and blood sugar are very much related. If you test your blood sugar after you exercise, it will be higher. I've done this. I've tested. I've used a glucometer. I've tested my blood sugar. My blood sugar is always higher after exercise because of that cortisol response. Now, when you're doing cardio, what you're getting is this long, extended cortisol response. So it's pumping out, it's pumping out, it's pumping out. When we have high cortisol, our growth hormone output is low, as is our testosterone. Now, ladies, stay with me. You need testosterone. Don't check out and say, oh, that's for guys. I don't need to pay attention to that. Oh, growth hormones, just that thing that you know bodybuilders and Suzanne Summers takes. I don't need that. Yes, you do. A, growth hormone is your anti-aging hormone. Growth hormone will keep your skin unwrinkled as much as possible. It will keep your lean muscle mass on. It will help you burn body fat. It will basically keep your body in a state of youthfulness and it will definitely assist with workouts. So anti-aging hormone, growth hormone. You might've heard it called HGH in some circles. And it's very controversial because there are doctors out there that will test and treat with HGH. And then there's other ways that we can even treat with it now in terms of peptides. That will be another podcast. Just know that when you do extended cardio, your growth hormone levels go down and your testosterone goes down. So whether you are male or female, we want adequate testosterone levels. We want those test levels to be nice and high and not too high, but they're not going to get too high unless you're taking anabolic steroids, ladies. So men, I want you in the 7, 800, 900, 1,000 range when we're testing you. And if you're lower than that, we might have to do some replacement as long as you're not killing yourself on cardio. I do not want to see men be cardio kings. And I don't want to see my ladies be cardio queens. So if you're testing your testosterone and you're not 40, 50, 60, some women even do better, higher than that on their test then you might be dropping your own testosterone levels because you are a cardio queen. So growth hormone goes down, testosterone goes, goes down, cortisol goes up. What kind of scenario is that? That's a bad scenario. Right off the bat, before we dive even, even further than that, that is a bad, bad scenario. So you do cardio, you upregulate cortisol, and then you have to remember cortisol's objective, in addition to interfering with thyroid function, is to protect body fat. Cortisol protects our body fat. So a short burst of cortisol, when I, like I said, when I test my glucose, my glucose is high. That's most likely from a cortisol burst. And that's, that's that quick fight or flight. That's, I just kicked my own ass and yeah, my cortisol raised and I'm not worried about it because when I test an hour or so later, my blood sugar is back down. I'm chill. I'm good. 
And I know that I'm burning body fat too. So that's another way. I'm not in a state of having a non-ability to burn my own body fat. I can because I do the right things. My thyroid's optimized and I exercise properly. So you have high cortisol when you're doing all this cardio. Cortisol's main function is to interfere with thyroid function and to protect your body fat. So you end up with this skinny fat look, right? So maybe you are losing weight or pounds on the scale, but you might actually be losing your own muscle mass because if your growth hormone goes down and your testosterone goes down, your body has no choice but to burn your own muscle tissue now. So now we start burning muscle and a person will look thinner. Their clothes will fit a little bit differently, but they end up being the skinny fat because they've lost muscle instead of the actual fat on their body that they're trying to lose. And sometimes you'll see that loose skin effect. I always give the analogy. I should save this, but I'll give it now, now that I said it. I give the analogy of a marathon runner versus a sprinter. Most marathon runners do not take offense if you are a rock solid, jacked up, muscular, hot ass marathon runner, you are the anomaly. Most marathon runners are skinny fat or they're just fat because most of my women that that do marathon end up gaining weight during training. So most marathon runners have this skinny fat look. There's not a lot of muscle. They've ran their muscle off of their body. Now it's just hanging there. They have loose skin. They're skinny. So if they're, they're fully clothed and like running like a cold marathon where we don't have to see any skin, they look halfway decent. But you put them in the summer in like the Pittsburgh marathon where they're running hills in the summer in the sun, forget it. You see their skin all crepey and jiggling around. That's a skinny fat. Now think about a sprinter. Beefed up, hard, muscular, defined, bam, bam, muscles everywhere. Because sprinters are sprinting. That means quickly. They're doing high intensity bursts of cardio. They're not doing this long, extended, drawn out, let's tap into your muscle tissue, drop your growth hormone, increase your cortisol, protect your body fat, and decrease your testosterone kind of training. Think marathon versus sprinter. So you end up this skinny fat. And I've seen, I've actually been seeing a lot of women lately with low testosterone. So ladies, when you have your hormones checked, make sure you ask for free and total testosterone. I just saw a patient today who was actually flagged high at 43 testosterone level, not the age of 43. Her testosterone, her total testosterone was a 43. That's great. But then actually we looked at her blood work again and it was down to a 19. So at some point she was 43 and now she's down to a 19 and we're getting that retesting to see where she is at the moment to figure out why she is going high and low without any testosterone replacement. But we can use testosterone replacement in the form of a cream for ladies who are low in testosterone. We also have to change your exercise routine. So get off of the cardio equipment completely. Get off of it completely. So here's what I really recommend you to do. And we can go over individualizing this in a moment. But in general, weight train. Use weights. Alternate. Sometimes you'll do maybe a heavier day where you are actually going to absolute failure. I mean failure. Where you're like, I just can't move it anymore. Failure. Go to failure some days 
on the weights because that resistance of your muscles is what's going to break down the muscle tissue for it to rebuild for you to have these beautiful, sleek, shapely, um, strong muscles. And you are not going to get beefy unless you're taking steroids. So that's one of the common, I'll say complaints that I hear from women. Well, I don't want to get too big. I don't want to get all beefy. I don't want to look like a body, but you're not going to. It is genetic, unless you are a genetic freak, maybe you have this like gene genetic mutation that causes you to breathe and put on muscle. I mean, it's very few and far between people would pay for that, but maybe that's you. Maybe that's you. Then maybe you do have to, you know, kind of do higher reps and a little bit more cardio to burn off that muscle that you're building on a daily basis. That is not most of us. Most of us ladies have trouble actually putting on muscle. So when we are weight training and we're trying to get those nice shapely shoulders and get rid of the, you know, the Oprah arms so we can get a little bit of definition, when we're doing that, we have to work hard, hard. I mean, it is hard work. I've been doing that. I've been in the gym since I was 16. I'm 46 years old and I still can't grow a decent set of shoulders. It is hard, hard work. So you got to train heavy, train hard. You might need to change up your routine. Sometimes you can do supersets where you're wearing your Apple Watch or your Fitbit and you see that number go up into, let's say, the orange or the red where you're in a cardiovascular state. That's okay. That's not cardio. That's your heart rate going up because you're working hard instead of wasting time on the treadmill or the stairways to nowhere. Now, listen, if you want to jump on a piece of cardio equipment just to warm your body up, if you're coming in from 30 degrees from outside into the gym, and you want to just warm up your mind. You're just like, I, I just need to wake up and warm up. Fine. Just get the blood flowing. Get just Start getting your heart rate out of that, that blue zone into the 80s and 90s. Bring it up into the hundreds just to get blood flow going. Wake yourself up. If you have no idea what to do, then I absolutely recommend hiring a trainer. Hire a trainer to get you into a nice routine. But then you can really get creative with it. Then you can start using TRX bands and different resistance bands and go to the, the free weights. And yes, you can throw in a couple machines here and there because there's some good machines that really target that, that one spot. But mix it up. I want you to go heavy. I want you to go to failure. I want you to focus on weight training. And then if you absolutely must, because you are mentally addicted to cardio, if you absolutely must throw in something, it has to be high interval. It has to be a very short amount of time. I mean, 10, 15 minutes max where you are going all out. Maybe you go all out. Maybe you do a Tabata all out for 20 seconds, rest for 10, all out for 20, rest for 10. Maybe you do sprints if that's your thing. If you really like running, instead of doing the long steady state running where you're running five miles, do sprints, sprint down the driveway, sprint down the parking lot, sprint outside, sprint on the treadmill. All out, maybe 60 seconds, and then stop. And this is going to allow, this is going to actually shift your body. Instead of tapping into your glycogen stores, it will tap into your fat stores. Now, ultimately, we want to deplete our glycogen stores through weight training. So once those vats go down all the way to zero, then your body starts tapping into fat because it needs fuel from somewhere. So tapping into your own glycogen stores and lowering those will allow your body to go right into tapping into fat. Now, this is going to lead us down a rabbit hole too. So we're going to sidestep off of exercise. We'll 
kind of still staying in the same realm. But think about if you eat an apple or eat a piece of toast before you go to the gym. I need to eat something. Well, if you're eating carbohydrates, you're filling up those glycogen stores again. So now your your body has to go through that whole process of lowering the glycogen before it can tap into your own body fat for fuel. Believe me, we all have enough body fat to tap into for fuel. There is no need, I mean, you know, unless you're skinny mini, most of us have enough body fat to tap into for fuel. So the last thing you want to do is go to the gym after eating a crap ton of carbohydrates because all you're doing is raising your glycogen and then your body has to tap into that. And then maybe towards the end of your workout, the last five minutes is actually tapping into your fat stores. So if you can do a workout in a fasted state or at the very least consume fat, have a tablespoon of coconut oil, have a handful of coconut flakes, have a bite of an avocado. If you need something on your stomach or if it's a mental thing that you think you won't have any energy to, to train with unless you eat beforehand, focus on having fat. So that way you're not filling up your glycogen stores during your workout and your body can actually tap into its own fat stores for fuel. A little bit of protein is okay too, but remember protein can fill up the glycogen stores as well. So you really want to stick with fat. Now, should you work out fasted? I say yes, if you're working out in the morning, And again, remember, you have fuel on your body. This whole notion that I need fuel for my workout is actually false. Um, If you are the type of person that gets really lightheaded when you're working out in a fasted state, then you have blood sugar dysregulation issues that we have to address, most likely insulin resistance. And if you are hypothyroid, then you probably do have some insulin resistance that needs to be treated. And we can do that for you. And then that will stabilize your blood sugar and your insulin. And it will give you the ability to actually get to the gym in a fasted state so that your body can tap into its own fat stores for fuel and you feel good doing it. You don't get into that low blood sugar, lightheaded, oh my gosh, I need fuel for my workout kind of feeling. Because you really don't. You have fuel on your body. That's why you're going to the gym. If you can pinch anything, you have fuel. So you don't actually need to feed your face before you go to the gym. That's more of your body saying your blood sugar is not right. You're probably spiking it before bed or you have insulin resistance where your blood sugar is on a roller coaster and that's kind of a problem and that's why you can't make it through your workout fasted without getting lightheaded. That's a blood sugar issue, not a fuel issue. Okay. Working out in a fasted state, oh, what you eat. So if you are a sugar burner, if you are loading yourself with carbohydrates throughout the day, then you probably have pretty full glycogen stores all the time. This is where, and if this is the way that you eat, this is the way that you eat, that may be a topic for another day or something that we have to work on together. But if you are consuming large amounts of carbohydrates, if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, you're naturally going to be consuming large amounts of carbohydrates. You're going to find that you need to work your ass off at the gym. So I need you to pound those weights hard and heavy. That does not mean to extend the time. That does not mean to add in more cardio. That doesn't mean to go to the gym twice a day. That means you have to lift heavy. I want you to lift heavy. Think about the compound movements, squats bench press, deadlift. Now build upon those. Now one day you could do 
upper body, lower body. One day you could do, when I say squats, so I would, I would tie in a nice leg and butt day with that. And then the next day, maybe day after, if you're going three days a week, bench press, that's where you're adding in um, chest movements. You can throw in some biceps, some tries, some shoulders. And then we do deadlift day where we're you know, focusing on deadlifts and back. Maybe you put shoulders on that day, throw in some abs. It's, it's limitless. I mean, go on YouTube, find different, different weight training workouts and make it fit you. Maybe you go upper body, lower body. Maybe you do full body three days a week, but you're still going heavy. Maybe you do a heavy full body one day where you're really pushing yourself to, to absolute failure. And then on day two, whenever you get there, maybe it's two days later, let's see you go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. On Wednesday, you're going lighter and you're going higher reps. But when you go higher reps, I don't want you to be flinging the weights around. And then you get to rep number 20 and you're like, boop, that was easy. No, if you're doing higher reps, you better hit 20 and be struggling. And 20 is a struggle. And maybe you don't even make the rep 20. So it's a little bit higher reps, a little bit lower weight, but you're exhausting the muscle in a different way. Either way you do it, don't want you getting on the cardio machine unless you're warming up for five minutes or unless you were doing a high intensity interval training workout where you're doing Tabata, where you're doing sprints, maybe you're doing burpees or wall balls or the battle ropes. Uh, maybe you're pushing a sled. That is a functional movement that is going to get your heart rate up but for a short amount of time. And that will push your cardiovascular system to the max. So not only will you get the cardiovascular benefits, but you're also going from that high intensity interval training, you're also going to get the benefits of increased growth hormone, increased testosterone levels. And you know what else increases growth hormone? Working out in a fasted state. So let's get you to that point where you can go to the gym or work out at home in a fasted state where you don't feel like you're going to pass out because of your blood sugar dysregulation issues and your insulin resistance. Let's get you there. Now, some things to consider. We as hypothyroid patients already have stress from basically losing control over your body right? So our cortisol levels are a little bit wonky, unless you've been doing this for a while, and you're optimized, and you're good to go. If you're still in the process of this chaos of figuring out what is happening with your body, then you already have that stress on you. So the last thing I want you to do is go to the gym and put more stress on your body. The last thing you want is to spend 45 minutes to an hour on a piece of cardio equipment. Weight stress meaning a load on your body, meaning using weights, using body, your own body weight to do a push-up, using resistance, using your own body weight to do a squat. That's different, but that's going to be a short, effective, not long, extended, drawn out, pounding the pavement kind of workout. We want to keep the stress on your body low because you're already stressed out. You're already trying to figure out this hypothyroid thing. And that's the last thing that you need is more stress on your body. The other thing you have to think of is how is your HPA access? That's hypothalamic pituitary access. Is it good? Is it bad? Salivary cortisol to be taken into consideration before you even step foot into a gym or consider an at-home workout because we need your cortisol levels good. I have a patient right now that has bottomed out, flatlined, I mean, just at the bottom of the barrel cortisol. 
no, she's not going to work out. Fix that first. We absolutely need to get her cortisol level at least up a little bit, if not more optimized into its into its pattern where it should be high in the morning and then gradually going low throughout the day. If you aren't sleeping, if you are still struggling your sleep, get that fixed first before you hit the gym. Once you do that, then we can move on. And then we say, okay, what about injuries? What have you been doing and what is doable for you? Maybe you start with yoga, a nice hot yoga session. And by the way, even if you are hitting the weights, I recommend throwing in some hot yoga. A nice hot yoga session, you got the infrared heat, it's detoxifying, uh, it balances hormones. I mean, sweat is the best thing you can do for your body. It's a heat stress, so it actually triggers thermogenesis, which kicks up your metabolism and causes your body to burn fat. That would be excellent for you to add in. If you do have an injury, you work around it. You work with a personal trainer. You tell the yoga instructor that you have an injury and that you're limited in some areas. That's okay. It's okay to admit that you can't do everything, right? So then you have to take into consideration injuries. And then what should you do? This might change over time. So what you're doing right now may eventually evolve and change over time as we start optimizing your thyroid, as you start optimizing your blood sugar and your insulin. You might see changes with your cycle. So if you're still cycling, ladies, if you're still menstruating, you might find that there are some points in your cycle where you can go all out and you feel great and you feel strong. And then there's other points in your cycle where maybe some ni- a nice walk or hot yoga comes into play instead. I encourage you to listen to your body. When you are sore, there's a difference between good sore and beat the hell into the ground kind of sore. So if you are beat up and you are feeling exhausted and the stress of life has you down and you're not sleeping and your kids are screaming and you're really sick of them being home at homeschooling, then maybe it's time for some hot yoga and some deep breathing and a walk with your dog on the beach or in the woods. And maybe you save the weight training for next week. But you got to get it in. You got to build that lean muscle. And you have to increase your growth hormone. You got to increase your testosterone. We have to lower your cortisol. We have to build lean muscle. Because remember, as a hypothyroid patient, you are set up for muscle loss. So the last thing, I'm going to keep repeating myself through this. The last thing that you want to do is do long extended cardio. A couple things I'm going to tell you in my story. So to fast or not to fast before exercise. And, you know, it's the same thing that I tell people whether to fast or not fast or throw in intermittent fasting into their life. I want you to listen to your body. So there are points of time where maybe because you wake up and you're like, I am starving. I'm going to die today unless I eat. Okay, maybe you have a little something, something, and then you go to the gym. Like I said, have a bite of almond butter. Have a handful of nuts. Have some coconut flakes. Have a, a bite of an avocado. Just to get something to kind of give your brain that, okay, I ate, I'm satisfied kind of signal. And then go to the gym. So listen to your body. But now if you're at the gym and you're getting those light head spells, and this is consistent, you know who you are. You're the people that say, there's no way I can go to the gym without eating because I'm bent over and I get really lightheaded and I sit down and I almost passed out. And my trainer said that I need to drink orange juice before I come here. No, we need to work on your blood sugar. You're insulin resistant. Your blood sugar is on a roller coaster. You're going up and down and you exert any kind of physical anything at the gym, like we talked about, cortisol goes up, so does your blood sugar. And then you, because you have no blood sugar control, you're on a roll, you go up and then you go down because where there's a high, there's an equal and opposite low. 
So that's what's happening that we need to work on. So to fast or not to fast, I would say nine times out of 10, yeah, I want you fasted before you work out if you can, but there might be some things that you need to work on before you do. So my story completely just stopped doing cardio. The only time my heart rate gets up is when I'm kicking my own ass at the gym, especially if I throw in lunges, like in between like leg press and I might do some lunges. Yes, my heart rate gets up. Now I'm doing the outfit classes at Iron Oxygen where we're outside and there's different stations. Yes, my heart rate gets up, but that's high intensity interval training. So that's allowed. When I do hot yoga, my heart rate gets up into the cardiovascular range. I'll hit 160, 165. I completely stopped doing cardio. If you see me on a piece of cardio equipment, I'm warming up. I completely stopped doing cardio. And when I did, I lost weight. I lost weight. And ladies, I haven't gained weight from not getting on a piece of cardio equipment and wasting 45 minutes of my life. Newsflash. I challenge you right now, stop doing cardio and report back to me what actually happens to your body. Because I guarantee you, you're not going to gain weight. You are not going to gain weight. So your testosterone levels are going to go up and your anti-aging growth hormone levels are going to go up and you're going to look younger and you're going to feel younger and you're going to develop these nice lean muscles and your clothes are going to fit better because your body's just going to shrink, shrink, shrink. And the scale might not change at all. I don't care. You can throw the scale out, but I challenge you to stop doing cardio and report back to me because that is what you should be doing. And if you see a protocol or a program and it's hypothyroidism exercise or a Tashimoto exercise for you, it don't do it. Don't do it. Unless it is heavy weight training base with only high intensity interval training and hot yoga or yoga, then don't even do it. Yes, you can do Pilates. I haven't done it yet. Yes, you can do bar. I haven't done that yet either. But those are two great full body, body weight resistance exercise routine things. Never done them, but they're great. They're great. Um, everything that I know about them, they're fantastic. But I just encourage you to get off of the cardio equipment, please. And if you are, are a man with hypothyroidism, I don't ever want to see you doing cardio. You need to build that lean muscle. Go ahead and take a walk for your cardio. That's fine. Jump into a hot yoga class. We mad respect men when they come into hot yoga. Mad respect. Okay. So this one... You need to share with everybody because nine out of the 10 women that you know are cardio queens or they're just not doing anything just yet. But nine out of the 10 women are cardio queens. And if they do start back, if you could, if you could talk a woman into doing something who isn't doing anything right now, what's the first thing she's going to do? She's going to take a class. She's going to take a cardio class. She's going to take step or she's going to take Zumba. She's going to take spin. She's going to take a class or she'll get on the treadmill because she doesn't want to take a class. She just wants to get to the gym and start walking. Or she'll get on the elliptical because her knees are bad. Or she'll get on the bike. You got to keep her off of there. You have to share this message with all of your friends, even those that aren't hypothyroid or Hashimoto's because they need to hear this. Thank you so much for listening to the Thyroid Fix podcast. 
As always, please share this with anyone that you know that needs this information. And I guarantee you there's a lot of people out there and in your life who do. Also, please remember that anything that you hear on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat. So you always want to check with your doctor about any advice given that you hear on this podcast. And if you would like to book a discovery call, a free discovery call to go over everything that's going on with you and to go over how I can help you, please go to my website at amyhorneman.com. The link is always in the show notes. And click on book a call. Choose a time and a day that's right for you. And we will see how we can help you. Thanks for listening.